Hello, this is Jude from Newsroundly.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 13th of October. India recorded over 15,000 cases of COVID-19 and 226 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The total tally of COVID infections now stands at over 3 crore 40 lakh, while the death toll stands at over 4 lakh 50,000. Over 96 crore COVID vaccines have been administered so far, of which more than 50 lakh doses were given yesterday. Health experts in West Bengal have warned of the possibility of a new outbreak of COVID-19 infections if the residents continue to violate safety norms amidst Durga Puja celebrations. This comes after a widely shared video from the festivities showed residents crowding pandals, some not even wearing masks. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 238.6 million people. and caused over 4.8 million deaths so far. Reuters reported that the United States has decided to open its land borders with Mexico and Canada for fully vaccinated travelers in early November. The Jammu and Kashmir government has asked migrant employees not to leave the valley claiming that the security arrangements have been increased for them. This order is seen as a step to allay fears after a spate of civilian killings in the valley. Since October 2nd, 7 civilians have been killed by the militant groups in Kashmir. Four of them, including a vendor from Bihar, belong to the Hindu and Sikh minority communities. According to a report by the Indian Express, the Divisional Commissioner Pandurang Kepole had held a meeting with senior police officers in Srinagar on Saturday to ensure that the migrant employees are posted in safer places. Yesterday, an order from Aziz Ahmed Ratha, the Assistant Commissioner of Police, stated that the Chair, Divisional Commissioner of Kashmir, directed that no migrant employee needs to leave the district or valley and whosoever will be absent from duty shall be dealt with as per service rules the order also mentioned the continuous visits by police officers to the residents of the migrant employees earlier this week the all kashmiri migrant employees forum had expressed concerns to jammu and kashmir's chief secretary about the safety of the members of the minority communities in the valley thereby urging them to exempt the members from their duties till the situation regains some form of normalcy Last Thursday, Jaslin Kaur, a student of class 7, and her younger brother Jasjeet Singh, who's in class 3, were disturbed by a rush of visitors at their home in Srinagar's Alochi Bagh. Dozens of women waited in the rooms below while men sat outside in the garden. Jaslin, Jasjeet, and the visitors were waiting for the return of Supinder Kaur, her mother, who had gone out on the morning of October 7th to a government-run secondary school in downtown Srinagar's Eidgha. But Supinder, the principal of the school, was shot dead along with a colleague from Jammu, Deepak Chand, inside the school premises in broad daylight. According to reports, Supinder and Deepak were singled out for being non-Muslim. To know more about how minorities in Kashmir are living in fear, read Ryan Nakash's report titled "Survived the Storm but Killed by a Splinter: Kashmiri Minorities Fear Return of the 1990s." In Chhattisgarh's Sarguja and Korba districts, around 350 people have been marching to the state capital for the last nine days in order to register their protest against coal mining projects and allegedly illegal land acquisition. The Indian Express reported the march started from Fatehpur in Ambikapur of Sarguja district on 3 October and is expected to end today, when the protesters will reach Raipur and seek meetings with Governor Anusia Uyki and Chief Minister Bupesh Baghel. The coal mining project in Hasdeo Aranya region, which is considered to be the state's lungs, is seen as a threat to the forest ecosystem. The region is rich in biodiversity and functions as a catchment area for Hasdeo and Mand rivers, which irrigate the northern and central plains of the state. According to Hasdeo Aranya Bachao Sangharth Samiti, 
The Parsa block in the region received forest and environment clearance for mining with the initiation of the land acquisition process without the consent of the Gram Sabha, as was alleged by the villagers. The Union Coal Minister Prahlad Joshi had earlier stated that under the 1957 Acquisition and Development Law, there is no provision regarding any consent from Gram Sabha. Joshi had also said that a valid compensation under regulations of the right to fair compensation and transparency in land acquisition, Rehabilitation and Resettlement Act 2013 and Chhattisgarh Ideal Resettlement Policy 2007 will be paid to the people. The protesting villagers, however, stated that the compensation will not be enough. Umeshwar Singh Armo, a leading member of the Haas Deo Sangar Samiti, said, and I quote, Money and our homelands are not equitable. Any amount eventually ends, but our homes have been here for years. Unquote. Of the two operational mines in the region, the Parsa East and Kanta Basin, PEKB, is being mined by the Adani Group as mine developer and operator. With Rajasthan Rajya Vidyut Utpadan Nigam Limited and Chotia Block is mined by Bharat Aluminium Company Limited of the Vedanta Group. Today, a delegation of Congress leaders met President Ramnath Kobind to discuss the dismissal of Union Minister of State for Home Affairs, Ajay Mishra Teni, whose son, Ashish Mishra, has been booked by the UP Police's Special Investigation Team on multiple charges, including murder and criminal conspiracy. They also urged the President to direct an independent judicial investigation into the case by a commission comprising two sitting judges of the Supreme Court of India or a High Court. In a memorandum submitted to the President, senior Congress leaders Rahul Gandhi, leader of the opposition in Rajya Sabha Malikarjun Kharge, A.K. Anthony, Gulam Nabi Azad and Priyanka Gandhi Vadra stated, and I quote, It is important to note that on September 27, 2021, the day of the Bharat Band called by protesting farmers against the three black laws, Ajay Mishra Taini, Minister of State of Home Affairs, in a public function openly threatened the agitating farmers and even boasted about his dubious antecedents. The video of his speech has played on different public platforms and is available in the public domain. How can justice be done when the original provocation came from Union Minister of State of Home Affairs himself? Unquote. Meanwhile, Union Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman, during a discussion at the Harvard Kennedy School, condemned the Lakhimpur Kheri violence. On being asked about the Prime Minister's silence and a defensive reaction on the issue, she said, and I quote, It's not being defensive about my party or my Prime Minister. It's being defensive about India. I will talk for India. I will talk for justice for the poor. I will not be mocked. Unquote. Stating that India has issues happening in different parts of the country, Sitharaman urged people to talk about all of them equally. On October 3rd, three cars rammed into a crowd of protesting farmers in Uttar Pradesh's Lakhimpur Kheri. Two of these cars belonged to Union Minister Ajay Kumar Mishra. Eyewitnesses allege that Ashish Mishra was in one of the three cars. The incident and the violence in its aftermath left eight people dead, four farmers, two BJP workers, a driver of one of the vehicles and a journalist. Since the incident, the coverage by a section of the media on television and even in print has been about inflammatory narratives, politics and even attempts to delegitimize the farmer protests. But what got lost in all of this were the stories of the people who lost their lives in the violence. To bring you these stories and what happened on the ground, News Laundry reporters Nidhi Suresh and Shivangi Saxena were in Lakhimpur for more than a week. To know what unfolded on October 3rd and the aftermath of it, without dramatic headlines and misinformation, watch the latest video story on newslaundry.com. It is titled, Lakhimpur Kheri Violence. What happened on October 3rd and what do we know so far? While you're there, do read Nidhi and Shivangi's extensive ground reportage on the incident, where they spoke to families who lost their loved ones. 
Their reports are filed under the section Lakimpur Kheri Violence on newslaundry.com. Here at News Laundry, we can do such reportage because we strive to hold to account both the media and the powers that be. We can do this because we are not funded by the government or private corporations, but the people, our subscribers. So if you too want to power our fair, factual and accurate reportage, go to newslaundry.com today and hit that red subscribe button. Subscriptions start as low as 300 rupees a month. Pay to keep news free. The Environment Agency has warned the United Kingdom of devastating floods on account of an increase in the global average temperature. It is predicted that England's winter rainfall will increase 6% by the 2050s. The report also mentioned that the London sea level is expected to rise by 23 centimeters to 29 centimeters by the 2050s and around 45 centimeters by the 2080s. According to Emma Howard Boyd, the agency's chair, the climate impacts are inevitable and that it is a case of urgently implementing effective adaptive measures. The United Kingdom is set to host the COP26 Climate Summit in Glasgow next month, in which the officials will highlight the importance of helping communities to adapt to climate change. Howard, however, said that the issue is still in danger of being neglected. These warnings were issued in the Environment Agency's third adaptation report, which was submitted to the government under the Climate Change Act. China mounted four straight days of mass air force incursions, beginning from October 1st, into Taiwan's air defense identification zone. Taiwan's defense minister stated that the military tensions with China, which claims Taiwan as its own territory, are at their worst in more than 40 years. At a news briefing, Ma Zhuoguan, spokesperson for China's Taiwan Affairs Office, said that the cause of current tensions was Taiwan's ruling Democratic Progressive Party, DPP's collusion with foreign forces and provocations over seeking Taiwan's independence. Despite Ma's comments, both Chinese President Xi Jinping and Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen made relatively conciliatory speeches at the weekend. Even as Xi vowed to bring Taiwan under its control, and Tsai said they would not be forced to bow to China. Xi Jinping did not mention resorting to force over Taiwan, while Tsai reiterated a desire for peace and dialogue with China. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.